everybody. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford. I'm the author of the Shred Girls series, and I run shredgirls.com in addition to this podcast. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and an endurance coach, and you are here on the Consummate Athlete Podcast. And today we are celebrating the release of the first in the Shred Girls series, Lindsay's Joyride. It is now available on Amazon, wherever books are sold, or over on shred-girls.com, where you can get that, plus a bunch of other cool t-shirts, caps, various swag, or just read really inspiring interviews with tons of different Shred Girls in real life and get some great advice from them, as well as some you know video tutorials and tons of other fun stuff. So I'm super excited about this series. It's all about getting uh, young girls onto bikes, excited about bikes, loving bikes, um, and just really helping them, you know, lead these happy, confident lives. And reading. And reading. reading, (laughs) Yes, as a former non-athletic bookworm turned very athletic bookworm, the reading is also a, a very important part to me. Um, but really, you know, getting getting kids active is is a huge passion of mine. And I mean, getting people active, I'd say, is a huge passion of ours. That's why we do what we do on this podcast and, you know, in our everyday lives for work as well. For sure. So today, as a bit of a celebration around the, the book launch, we wanted to look back and visit a few of the Shred Girls in real life that we've had on this podcast in the past. And so we we went back, we looked in the archives, we found a few of our favorite episodes with just amazing women who are doing really cool stuff. And we went through and we pulled a few of our, our favorite bits and pieces. Peter, can you give like a spoiler on what one of one of your favorite moments was? Um, yeah, I mean, there was Katarina Nash. Uh, so, I mean, I always like listening to her. She has such vast experience from cross-country skiing and then also from cycling. Yeah, I think she, we were talking about this before, she might be one of, she might have gone to the Olympics more times than pretty much anyone else that we can think of because she's been to both winter and summer games multiple times. Yeah, I'm not sure. We also had uh, Sheila Tormina on who went many times as well but I, I do think Katarina is like definitely and she went to both games which I think is also a little different mm-hmm. Sheila yeah. probably has more uh more races under her belt though as a swimmer because he would do multiple races well, in an Olympic event I guess that's the context of the game but uh wow we've had a lot of Olympians on this podcast that's pretty sweet yeah <laughs> I, I always joke that they all want uh us to get a dog so it's true. Yeah, if you're an Olympian, you've probably made a vote that we should get a dog. Uh, that's yeah. actually my favorite of any of the times we've had Katerina on is that she's very on board with us getting a dachshund. So that's that's probably my highlight. But I think I think we have her talking about something else in in this episode. Uh, we also hear from Ellen Noble, who you know everybody knows is is one of my closest friends, one of the most decorated cyclocross racers in the world right now in the women's field, um, and just has so much fantastic advice and yeah, just doing really amazing things both in terms of cycling advocacy for girls and women and also racing at you know the highest level you could possibly race at. And the quote we pull out is about sort of a bad race and sort of goal setting around that, um, which is uh, going to be related to Danelle Kabush is also on. And she 
talks about goal setting um, and sort of a recipe analogy that I thought was really, really helpful when you're thinking about sort of setting day-to-day goals and then having that big goal. Mm-hmm. And then kind of on that same vein, uh, I have a great one from Hannah Ray Finchamp, another amazing mountain bike racer. And she talks about doing a mountain bike stage race, the BC bike race, which is still on my bucket list. Uh, and we talk about sort of how you have to let go of perfectionism if you're going to actually make it as a professional athlete, because it's every race is going to be different. Nothing is ever going to be 100% perfect. So it's how you deal with the imperfect moments that really defines you as an athlete. So yeah, lots of really cool stuff. So I hope you love it. And if you do, uh, definitely head over to shred-girls.com for some more great female inspiration. All right, let's dive in. All right, so up first, we have multi-time Olympian Katarina Nash talking about her last Olympics in Rio, how that race went, and then a little bit about how she structures the year and how she finds balance, even though she's loves racing and would probably ride her bike every day if she could. I did have a really good race. I had a really good time in Rio and it was just, uh, yeah, I felt really good about the fact that I, you know, I put myself out there once again and, you know, and, and reason with the fact that it's like, well, you know, what happens if you have a bad race, you kind of bummed out and life goes on. It's Mm -hmm. like, that happens again, well, no big deal. You know how to deal with it. So uh, it was it was really fun to go to Rio, have a good ride, and just kind of like walk away from that with good feeling. Um, I was very close to the medal. I was right behind the two Canadians. Uh, they were fighting for the bronze medal. And, uh, you know, not far off, but, uh, you know, didn't didn't reach that goal. Uh, but I keep reminding myself the feeling crossing the finish line like just being so happy with their day where I did everything, you know, everything right. I didn't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. I I had a really flawless day and, you know, you become pretty analytical uh, later on and what could have done differently and this and that. And then, you know, to this day, I just keep reminding myself the feeling across the finish line, the sense of accomplishment and excitement and yeah. Oh, I'm pretty happy about that. Like you, once again, you know what you need to do and then like you get more tense. But I just, like for me, it is important to take these um, blocks within the year, which, you know, that could be on any given year has been 10 to 11 months of racing. I'm not, I'm not there every weekend, but I am there throughout the year quite a bit and I'm, I'm one of those racers that, like, I like to do well. I don't, you know, I may be tired from training and whatnot, but I don't like to show up for a race and be like, oh, this is just a training race, you know, no big deal. Like, to me, it's like, it's a big deal, you know. (laughs) I show up for local events and I want to do well. So, um, uh, you know, but you can have that same focus for 11 months, you know. So I do, you know, I kind of do disappear. I do my training and local events and kind of live regular life that doesn't involve not everything around evolves around being a professional athlete and that's that's my way to relax and get prepared for the more intense part of the season 
All right, next up, we have Hannah Ray Finchamp talking all about how she learned how to get around her perfectionist tendencies by stage racing at BC Bike Race last year, uh, funny enough, with Katerina Nash as one of her teammates. Um, well, I've always loved adventure. That's kind of been what got me into sport and into Xterra was as a little kid, the only way that I could kind of do that adventure and conquer things on my own was to race or be a part of these organizations. Um, and so that's always been my love. And I think that Cliff Bar recognizes that. And so um, actually about three weeks before the race, I got the message asking, would you like to see VC bike race? And it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you're right. That is, it is very out there and it is a different type of training um, than I might other, than I might otherwise do. But I think it was, it's an opportunity I could never turn down and I really hope to be able to do VC bike race and even other stage races in the future. It, it just made me better. And by that, I mean, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I think many people in the sport and in high level of competition are. Mm -hmm. And after day one, it became very apparent that when you're camping and you're living out of a small bag and you're carrying all of your equipment and you're going on ferries, nothing is ever going to be perfect. And you're never, and after day one, you're never going to line up on the line saying, Oh, my legs feel perfect. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of shed that expectation and realize that I can have a great race when everything isn't perfect, I think set me up for the whole rest of the season for a much better outcome. Next up, we have world champion Kate Courtney talking about how she tackles new technical obstacles and how she learned how to ride at her own pace, plus a little bit on the importance of fueling properly. A lot of people see that one climb as a definitive moment and and i did too at the moment i was like okay just keep going maybe she'll get a flat um <laughs> but, but um, for me i think i trained really hard knowing that it was going to be about staying within your comfort zone and staying within the numbers that i could do staying uh within my own pace um and i i trained you know really specifically for this race so that's one part of it. I think technically I spent a lot of time on the course with lines. Um, but I also, you know, I ate really well throughout the race. I was really mentally focused and I, I stayed within my goal. So um, I think it wasn't so much about just technical skill. It was more about uh, the fact that I tapped it back a little bit on that climb. It gave me more energy um, for the last half of the lap. Uh, mm -hmm. And I had recovered on the descent and, and could pedal over all those routes. And I think that's actually... Um, while it looks like you're just kind of like cruising in, it's, it's a super physically demanding part of the course. Um, and so I think having all those, all those things add up uh, gave me a little extra, extra punch at the end. You know, thoughts on nutrition have really changed in the past few years. I've been paying a lot more attention to it and have really uh, taken ownership of that process a little bit more and also worked with a really amazing uh, nutritionist. Um, and for me, I think, especially going into worlds, like it, it is a time of year where you're really sharpening the swords and, uh, and trying to get your absolute peak. And for me, that meant, um, really paying attention to how it's feeling on the bike, but also, uh, you know, I didn't have dessert for a few weeks before worlds. So that was something I was really looking forward to afterwards. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really cool thing. And uh, there's obstacles I'm terrified to go over, so I definitely connect with that. But I think um, the biggest thing for me is is developing the skill. So I think it's easy to go out with someone who's already developed the skill and say, oh, they can do it and I can't. Um, but if you take the steps to learn, okay, how do I go off a drop? Like, what do I physically need to do with my body? Where does my weight need to be? And, and get a good teacher. Um, you start to take away some of the fear component because you start to have confidence in your ability. And I think that's the, that's the best way to combat fear is to prepare yourself. All right, next up we have former professional ex-terror racer and amazing sports psychologist Danelle Kabush on to talk all about goal setting and visualization. Whether it is making a team or, you know, the long-term objective outcome goal you want or I want to lose weight is that when we look at sort of those if you if you just set the goal like that the reason you know new year's resolutions fail uh you know I think I read a study where they followed a bunch of people who'd set these new year's resolutions and um within a few weeks a quarter of them had stopped had failed at continuing to pursue their goal and then by six months like 60 percent had fallen off the train um, and the reasons they fail is because they don't, they just set, don't set specific short-term goals. I call it the recipe of how to get there. So you have the long-term goal and that's part of the recipe, you know, like you've said, losing two pounds a week, but that's still kind of an objective. Um, it's like, if you're going to bake banana bread, that's one of my favorites out there. You don't say I'm going to bake banana bread at the, uh, the end of the month. You still have to have the steps to by the end of the day, you could say the steps for how to do that step one uh, and follow the recipe. And if you don't have those sort of those recipe steps to get you motivated, sort of, you know, and the other reason you need the first step, I guess, is having a plan, which is where coaching comes in for the athlete. But sort of the um, if we're using the weight example, um, how I'm going to do it, uh, does it involve other people? Um where, with whom, what are the potential obstacles I might uh, encounter or setbacks uh, and have a plan for those. So if people haven't thought through all these things and they're more, um, they're not going to be, they're not going to have, I guess, a guided plan for how to get there. So that's probably the first step, I would say, in a long-winded answer there. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, imagery is a great skill and tool and there's different ways um, depending on what kind of learner you are, that you can even use it. Because, um, like you said, you sat there with your eyes closed and imagined it. So a good place to start is things you're already familiar with or things you've done, sort of the replay visualization. I always There's a clip I always pay of Michael Phelps, the swimmer, in my class, or you'll see interviews with his coach. And from a young, young age, he was told to just go home and replay the tape, I think was the way his coach um, talked to him. So... You know, developing that skill, sort of replaying, you know, great moments in your training day or in your practice or even a race is a good a good way to start. But then there's the individual aspect that, uh, and then the the visual part too is that there's so many great videos online. I know we were talking cyclocross earlier, and sometimes I know for me as a mountain biker, when I'd watch you know a bunch of downhill videos, it just like would imprint that relaxed, fluid body language that I was aspiring to have on my mountain bike so sometimes uh, or you if you watch a video just before going out it kind of 
can help those uh, neuromuscular connections, which is which is what's so powerful about imagery and visualization. That it's like you're living. You can either relive the experience and cement the skills that you've done well. You can prepare for, like you talked about your clinic. It might help allow you to prepare for those. Well, what if this comes up? What if the, you know, the log scenarios are different um, things that, or questions you might get in a clinic. You know, it's like that's a what if part. Um, but also some people, you know, some of the athletes I've worked with, they like to write out their scripts. So if they're writers and that's the way they learn, sort of their imagery comes from sort of writing out their, their script. Or some people, when we're talking mountain biking, like to draw the course out on paper. So they have an actual with key, key obstacles or key sections. So there's lots of different ways you can approach it. All right. Last up, we have... Ellen Noble, silver medalist at Cyclocross World Championships, multi-time national champion, uh, founder of the ENCX Quest, and general all-around awesome human being talking all about her race at Pan Ams this year and how she, you know, looks at a bad race or a good race and how she kind of takes it all in stride and figures out how to goal set from that. Enjoy! When you have a bad race, yes, my definition of a bad race is different now, based on results focused goals but all I'm trying to do is still put together my best race on any given day and that's like that's really the only way that I think that that's like really all that you can focus on with racing is process focused goals so it's like I prepared my best I tactically did my best I ate the best food that I could I slept well I rode technically well I prepared well all of those things those are my process focus goals and those will never change um even if they they become more specific or yes like more um yeah more specific is really the best way to put it so the process focus goals never change and the only way that I have results focus goals is by saying based on previous data and based on previous results and previous experiences I can reasonably expect that if I have my best process focused day, it could theoretically get me to this result. And so that's why I felt like based on previous days, if I put together my best race, I would have to have my best race to win Pan Ams. And I didn't. So, but like, that's where, that's where the results focused versus, um, process focused goals come in is I only have process or results focused goals. If I, if I can base them off of like reasonable expectations of the process. Thanks so much for tuning in to this bonus Shred Girls episode. And again, we're celebrating Shred Girls Lindsay's Joyride finally being published. It's available on Amazon, wherever books are sold, and over on shred-girls.com. And of course, all of these interviews we have in full. So if you head over to the Consummate Athlete podcast website at consummateathlete.com or just go to the app on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can look back in the archives and hear the full stories from all of these amazing women. Thanks again for tuning in and have an excellent week. We'll see you next time.